what am I? Some An pod- airplane? Some podcast junior. Who am I, podcast junior? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am, broadcast Jones? <laughs> junior? Jones Jr. Please. Broadcast, Broadcast Jones, Jones with Jr. my father. <laughs> Call me Podcast Jr. Yeah. Oh, man. What? T- 21st Century Media. Like, <laughs> a PSA presents. <laughs> well, then, Not your dad's podcast. I mean, broadcast. <laughs> I mean, internet on a computer. <laughs> what am I talking about? July 25th, 2012, and on this day in 1868, the territory of Wyoming was founded. This is Idle Thumbs 66. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And we are in the past or the future. The distant past. We, we are currently future. sitting here yeah. are projecting ourselves into the future, but you're hearing us from, from a little, past, a little further past, past than normal. Yeah. So we recorded this um, six days ago. Uh, the day after we recorded last week's podcast because Sean is in the territory of Wyoming. Yeah, celebrating its founding. Mm-hmm. From whence he sprang. No. He sprang from Ireland. Oh, that's true. I sprang from Ireland into Wyoming. Into this and then office. I, and then I, I flumed from Wyoming yeah. to here. So Sean's not here, so we might talk about stuff that is like a week outdated. Sorry, sorry about that. And if you know, for some reason, the video game industry doesn't exist anymore, uh, then thank goodness. Then a lot of this stuff is going to be really, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> wow. The other thing to explain is that uh, we forgot to tell you why last week's was Idle Thumbs sixty five, and this week's is Idle Thumbs sixty six. We recorded episodes in secret during the Kickstarter, <laughs> yeah. and we were just keeping them for ourselves. They're super good. They're really good. Yeah. So the Idle Thumbs podcast no longer exists. We said that last week, but we it probably just sounded like a joke. Um, we actually renumbered all of the the Idle Thumbs podcast episodes from one through thirteen to fifty one through sixty three. So to back that up a little further yeah. to people who don't remember what was going on, the first fifty one episodes were just called Idle Thumbs. With, I'm skating over the detail of fifty to fifty one, but yeah. uh, then when Nick Brecken left the show and Steve Gaynor came on. We thought it would be hilarious uh, and a good idea to start the numbering over again with the Idle Thumbs podcast, episode one. Um, then when we came back turns last out week... that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, we thought a, it was. We, it turns out that was a really bad idea because when we came back this time, we were like, so do we name this episode one? Do we yeah. name this Idle Thumbs 52? Is it the Idle Thumbs podcast episode 14? So we, that's when we just said... Is it Idle Thumbs Rising? Yeah. Is we, it like, we discussed basically every possible combination Yeah, we of talked about renaming the old numbers. one's origins as a joke, yeah. but then is also real. But anyway, at the end of the day, we said, fuck it, we're just reunifying everything. So the, the 51 original episodes plus the 13 
Idle Thumbs podcast episodes equals 64 episodes. So last week was 65, and this mm-hmm. week is 66. Yeah. Thanks slash sorry for that. Um, so the, the former last episode, which was Idle Thumbs 51, is now Idle Thumbs 64 colon 51 colon burning down the wolf man so that's our pax 2010 yes. panel so it's stupid. that's actually what we should apologize for yes. yeah that it's, one right there it's stupid and horrible and confusing but it's the only way we could like yeah we In just couldn't figure anything out nobody so will remember the only yeah the only thing that matters is that will be dead the only thing that matters is that now they are all accurate chronologically to the order they're numbered in yeah so the the dates go up the exact same way the numbers go up and it should have been that way from the beginning but now it is that way for real so yeah. sorry that we are we were dumb idiots who thought stupid things were funny. <laughs> we're still that's that. all, that's all changing <laughs> now with this new podcast. Anyway, butts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, to speaking um, of butts, go ahead, John. Oh, oh the ones we're holding on to. Yeah, hold okay. on to them because yeah. this this story will knock your socks off. There's what? <laughs> Which won't really affect. To, the, I just wanted to mix. I was seeing if you were going to go from like butts to socks to hats, so I could say, "Oh, like a fez." Just hold on to your hat, and then we were going to talk about put uh, it on your butt, and then hold on to it. What? Then what? take off your socks and put on some Vibram Five Fingers, because <laughs> video games are the new thing. So Vibram Five Fingers are now a meme. Congratulations, three eps. Ugh. Wow, you did it. You brought it home. You did it. You can log it. Stop saying you did it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you did it. You are done. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Fez. Yeah, no patch for them. Are they patched the game once? Yeah, so apparently... Give us a backstory on that. Paul, well, I don't know it in great detail. I just I only saw the Chris, a blog picture. post from Polytron today. But Polytron, the developer of Fez, which is basically Phil Fish, the developer of Fez, um, I guess they released a title update to Xbox Live that fixed a bunch of issues, but also corrupted like 1% of users save games that I could be oversimplifying this, but effectively it did something to mess with the save games of roughly 1% of users. Um, and they realized in order to patch that, in order to patch that patch, so to speak, um, they would have to pay Microsoft like $40,000 to do another title update submission. Yeah. I, I mean, it's 10, Maybe 20? oh, is it ten thousand? Ten or twenty five? Okay. okay, I think it depends on which how many like how many updates you put in. But yeah, yeah. So, also, you don't want to fail those. <laughs> it starts to stack. It's like it's like overdrafting your checkbook, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Once you start failing those, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, when something goes through cert, then gets kicked, and you submit yeah. it again. Uh, oh God! Oh, please let this one be there. Oh no! Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Entire salaries disappear. Yeah. It's cool. So they basically made the decision. That it would cost them so much money to fix this thing that it's better to just accept that only a small percentage of people uh, will be negatively affected. That is supremely fucked. Yeah. Um, isn't Fez published through Microsoft? Yes. So why is well? I mean, I don't know. I'm if not we, sure how that works. I don't exactly, know how much we can talk about that because many of us have or are. Involved in the production of games, which uh, came out of Microsoft First Party. But that is surprising to me that a game published by Microsoft would have to pay money to put themselves through cert. That's weird. Anyway, that's yeah. gross. And it's not that uncommon when you actually hear about horrible cert horror stories. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. That's, They're going to you know work what, it out. You know what's funny to me? I was thinking about, and this is, you know, obviously, as as everyone knows, I really like 
PC games. And there's this kind of meme that is sort of, I think, has just wormed its way into people's brains where anytime anything dumb goes wrong or happens when you're playing a PC game that isn't ideal, there's this like, ugh, PC gaming, am I right? Like, you see Twitter posts like that right. all the time, even Downloading from like. Downloading a 200 other, meg patch. Like, oh, PC, yeah. oh, it doesn't install right, ugh, PC gaming. Like, all potentially very legitimate issues. But the thing that bothers me is that that's shit that's like an unfortunate thing that it sucks when that stuff happens, but it's not out of like it's a not deliberate institutionalized like, yeah, exactly. horrible shit. It's yeah. just like, yeah, PC is open hardware. So unfortunately things break sometimes like it does suck. Right. But like, this is a case where it's like an actual entity is making a decision that this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And like, well, I just I mean, don't feel like console right. games have that institutional, like ugh console gaming thing for some reason, even though, those are the platforms on which stuff like that is actually. I think it's because it doesn't hit the the end user experience. Like the things that we're talking, yeah. the things that we're talking about are completely. I mean, there's this one percent apparently, and on the, on the uh, there's this one percent of users who are having an, who are having an issue, which is kind of unique to the console gaming argument because, like, Tim made a a, a tweet. Tim Schaefer tweeted earlier today about uh, just put up the patch and if it breaks something that's on polytron right. essentially yeah but that is completely and I, I agree with i mean i philosophically agree with that uh but that is completely counter to microsoft's entire console agenda which is put this in the living room and everything just works it just you don't have to do any of the things that you have you know like they want they don't want an ecosystem where that's the case because they want moms to plug in a connect and have it all work. So it goes through a really rigorous, you know, and also painful off you're on the wrong end of it, uh, cert process, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I, and yeah. that's totally valid, except the result of that process at this point now requires the developers to make a choice between which users are more valuable in this instance. Yeah. And that's, what's really screwy about it. Like that's, what's really sucks, you know? And I think, uh, I'm not saying it's a better system, but they've drawn their philosophical lines in the sand of why it's that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. and uh, I also my Xbox has been sitting is actually <laughs> it's on top of a stack of books right now, like it's a stack of hardbounds that are like smaller than it, and it is the top piece and is actually like a weird nightstand <laughs> on the side <laughs> next to my my bed because I moved it when I built my PC, and then I realized and then you found I found Dota, <laughs> and then I found Dota. <laughs> You found Dota. I did. Yeah. Do we yeah. want to talk about Fez or we talk about you finding well, Dota? I don't know. I think we're probably done with Fez. Yeah. yeah. That's a surprise to me and it's not a surprise also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, does Sony not have this rule or do they charge less than Microsoft or something? Because it seems <laughs> no, I like, don't actually know. Because it loves they're updating getting, so much more. They're getting, you know, it does. God, it updates all the time. It really does. Weird surprise. You know what's to funny me. is I, I'm sure my Steam stuff actually updates at least that much. It just does it silently. In the background. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm sure there are a million people listening to this podcast who use an Xbox and PS3 way more often than we do at this point and are like, <laughs> the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that's the case. Um, speaking of, of Steam. Speaking of that seg from earlier about Dota. About yeah. Dota, yeah. Dota. Yeah. So Sean invited me to play with some readers. and Oh, and Doug as well. Doug was there. Uh, so it was Sean and Doug and me and then two members of the Addle Thumbs Lords Management Consortium. And uh, he basically coached us. He he and the other two guys coached us on how to play, and it was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. We set up a mumble server, and he just sort of talked all the way through everything 
We went through every single thing you have to do in that game. <laughs> yeah. You feel like, I feel like you under, you got it though. I feel like towards the end you were like casting stuff and moving at a reasonable clip and like Doug was just being subsumed by creep waves, but like you were. Yeah, part, I feel like I Doug kind of got stranded out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he picked a kind of a difficult Lord. And he's got some, choose like, your lord wisely. My, that is my lord. really <laughs> <laughs> that's a big part of the the early game is picking a guy who's gonna just like you're gonna stick with who's gonna be a lot of fun who's gonna be yeah. really usable. Uh, you want one of your more manageable lords early on. It's like getting into anything. It's like getting into like. Well, like, that's what's weird about it, yeah. right? Is that most video games aren't like getting into something that you just play them. Right. Even even hard multiplayer games most of the time outside of super competitive stuff. This really feels like getting into something where you need a buddy to like ease you – like help you wade into the kiddie pool first. Like I don't – if I didn't have you explaining like how to buy an item or like what it means that like items have to be dragged here. Then you see this like graph that they – like this like flow chart build, they make. Build tree, it's yeah. like what on earth? I just want to buy a thing. And I mean just the number of unintuitive things in that game is – out of control. That stuff has to be easier when you're like 11 years old because you don't know yes. that you're being an idiot. Exactly. Where you're just on the server, yeah. just UI flying all over the place, and you're just like, oh, I don't know. And then everyone's yelling at you, but you're just sitting there basically spinning your fucking propeller well, head but, at home, also, like whirling around on the ground. Part- you eventually just figure that out. But as an adult, you've got <laughs> to be like, like, you're like, I, mean, I, I don't know. Who's, who's yeah. this kid who's just a, a happy, hilarious, like, propeller, propeller hat, hat kid? Yeah, like a like 40s kid with a Dota 40, 2. Yeah. <laughs> but like, as an adult, you just walk up to that and go oh i can't do this i yeah which is horrible yeah. by the way we're old apparently we're yeah. old people it's like yeah. ski like, jumping well, you have so, to train so, kids in yeah. sweden to ski jump when they're like five otherwise once you get to age like eight you're or just nine, like you're too you're too i'm aware that i'm doing. scared of the thing that i don't understand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you're totally right I, I think that's especially true with pc games because especially when we were growing up a lot of the really visible pc games were really complicated crazy simulation things that were largely <laughs> intended for adults and like I would play that stuff because I didn't know any better and because I was still like – you know when you're – it's like why kids can learn languages faster. It's not because – I was just going to make the comparison. It's not that they're smarter than adults. It's just that their brains are more malleable and receptive and they haven't formed assumptions and like modes – like they haven't ossified into the shitty creatures of habit that we are. Their entire existence is just based around the idea of, oh, that's how that works. Right. Just yeah. you can you know, and you can be any. It can be crazy. That's why you yeah. can fuck kids up really bad when yeah. they're young. <laughs> like, and I, there's definitely times when I, I as a fully grown adult who has played thousands of probably games in my life, who or hundreds of, anyway. I don't know how many games, trillions, played, but like um, probably thousands. And I'll load up some complicated game that I'll give like three hours, and then I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. But I know that the me of twenty years ago. Would have would have just well one I would have had more time to spend two I would have had fewer games to choose between and three I would have just been more receptive to things right like just things well, like, and you, I, you, I would have done it if you think about the like the UI of old of old PC games yeah like it's old just, old old PC games are basically all UI and maybe if you're lucky yeah. you have like the one like two by two inch window that has a sick like face. vector based environment or like a face yeah. Or like, you know, a flight sim where the cockpit controls are most of it, in part because you couldn't draw a lot yeah. of, like, airplane. Yeah. But then the, the game world and the UI has sort of have slowly traded places to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, now the, there's the almost no UI. for the UI, yeah, to right. be really But sub- I think subdued. as a little kid, you look at, at that screen and you're like, 
Oh, sick! Buttons to press. Yeah, stuff to well, figure whereas out. Whereas as an adult, you're like, oh my god, all these buttons to press. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so so it's, true. And it's it's funny. That's another thing that I feel like is kind of like the other half of the like ugh PC gaming. Am I right? Is just dismissing it as that. You right. Know? Like just, you just like, look at the UI to StarCraft Two and go like, oh, oh a control yeah. panel. <laughs> StarCraft Two is a tame one too. I know. Yeah. Uh, like, but like, but you know what's crazy to think about? Like you, Jake, I'm sure you play it. Sean, maybe as well. I don't know. Play like X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I'm pretty sure I had one of those like keyboard overlays for that game that yeah, yeah, yeah. maps all of the it like, with, functions. It, it came with, with it. Yeah, yeah. It came with a cardboard overlay. Like, when yeah. you think about that, when you think about what a, a Star Wars licensed game would be now, like, cause people still make really sort of niche. Like there's like, still Italian exists, but like, yeah. but the idea of a, Really popular, really well critically critically well received, really successful Star Wars licensed game being a thing that ships with a like a piece of like cardboard that you can place over your keyboard so you can figure out which button it is that reroutes shields here, which one changes missiles, which one directs your teammates to attack the capital ship. Like even if it and that shit was awesome. (laughs) I was playing it. The thing is though, which is sad now, like right now, I fucking wish like. I kind of do want to get into Dota 2, but I would actually be happy as all hell if I could get a thing like the big cardboard wrap that I could stick around my key or around my display. That would and, point and to the, the UI elements? Yeah, and the cardboard yeah. overlay that I could put on my keyboard yeah. or like a keycaps that I could just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like unroll and peel off. Or like it's Final Cut Pro? Yeah. <laughs> I would That's be so, funny so happy. That, because it's funny, to, funny you say Final Cut Pro because I, I was just in my brain comparing this to pro software. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. just, I don't know. To me, part of the, part of the, barrier to entry for games like this that I know that I would actually mechanically enjoy and that I did like to play as a kid is just getting over the hump of exposing all the UI and familiarizing myself with it. So being able to actually just have, oh, okay, that's the button that does that. Like, and that makes me feel like a dumb person because, uh, you know, my curiosity is at apparently an all time low where I don't want to deal with that stuff, but just, I like a lot that something like TIE fighter, even if it didn't come with an overlay came with like, the five by seven card that just lists every default mm-hmm. keybind, and yeah. you can just go, okay, right? And maybe that's stupid, but I would, I'm gonna I'm gonna design and print you out some some Dota a Dota, a Dota keyboard you know, overlay flashcards. I actually did that when um, I did that for myself. I think when Civ Five came, was it Civ Five? I think it was when Civ Five first came out. Just for the hell of it, like I was working at a restaurant at the time, and like I just on the office. Uh, like printer, I printed like You're a color printer. I printed cents. out, yeah. I printed <laughs> out like this. I made in like I designed in Photoshop a reference card for myself. That sh- like did you use the- all the official fonts from Civ Five and the logo and stuff? Like what I would have done in fourth grade, <laughs> or what you would do now? Still, you mean? If uh, I made my own Civ Five card, I wouldn't bother doing that. If- yeah, I don't. I don't think I did. I probably just. I, I probably used like Futura or like Century Gothic or something because it's a kind of Art Deco looking thing. But you, like, you at least wanted to evoke Civ Five with your yeah. With your but I don't think I, I don't think I went that deep into it, especially because a lot of it was just fitting information in, like right. as opposed to being a, like a beautiful. Um, artifact, but I did try to make it look nice, and I had the the tech tree and like building paths, and like I don't know why I don't really know why I, I did 
because you were excited about Civ Five, no, and because correct. you're a dork, yeah. because no, whatever. No, I no, you're right. Stuff. Those are the answers. Um, and I, it was fucking this cool. Is gonna be so handy. <laughs> like I was, it was. It was handy. <laughs> it would have been the best if you'd made that the day before Civ Five came out, where you're like, I can't. Yes, I'm gonna have I'm my like, tech trees I'm all ready to on go. The, the Civ Five like fan wiki. Well, like, no, it's way better if you just make it for yourself. Where you're like, Civ Five comes out tomorrow, and I'm so no, stoked. I know, I'm gonna get ready. Searching the trees. Yeah, you're like the knowledge. Got to find out how these builders are gonna work. I made it myself. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere. I yeah. mean, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant sharing it on the wiki. No, no, no. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if the day before you'd been like made your Civ Five kit, that yeah. would be my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah. Folded a newspaper tricorner hat. Yep. Got ready. <laughs> Preloaded it and just sat yeah. there, the hands on his knees. Yeah. Flipping through Did your index like cards. Then? Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. It was really cool. I liked it a lot. I don't know. I mean, I. It's hard for me to tell what I'll think of it when I actually have when it's actually hard because there's people. Uh, right. Because that seems like it would be – because, you know, it's so easy to fool yourself. It's like any multiplayer game where you're like, I'm super good at headshotting these bots. Like, this is going to be cake. There's no way all the other people are as good at this as I am. I mean, I'm not actually thinking about Dota. I just know that, like, that – Right, where you're like, oh, I felt for a second there. Like, maybe I had some degree of competency. Yeah. (laughs) Completely wrong. There's a really good article about why you get – destroyed in multiplayer games i think i read this but i don't remember we talked we talked about this about any sort of might have been during the progress cast probably there's a couple things in the progress cast that kind of are can't remember if we talked about well somebody remember when we did the the really bad audio version of the the dota cast so we actually got reader mail on i'll look up who it is at the break but he wrote in about this word spandrel Oh yeah, and that that completely and you were talking about this in team chat when we were playing dota about Oh my god, I can just see all these holdovers from Warcraft 3 yeah. in this stupid game. Yeah. It's hilarious that they were rebuilt from the ground up. Well, you know what? It know? was crazy when you see things that are like that, mo- that mine that influence for in a way to, to take something that in Warcraft 3 was standard and now make it a novelty in Dota. Like I was playing Warlock and I had. That's what I was playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has wanted Wizard. Because I wanted. Exist. Warlock was the closest thing to a Wizard. So. Uh, at least that I could find. And so uh, you get an ability, you're like your fourth ability, I don't know, is one where you like summon this big golem thing. Oh, yeah. And you can like control yeah. it around. So now suddenly you have two guys to control yeah. around like you would in an RTS. Right. And you can, so- you can drag select them both or you can just select each one of them individually. You can also, you can also control keybind them exactly like you would in StarCraft. Oh, you that's know, you so can interesting. control keybind like yeah. groups of circles. So that's taking yeah. something that is just like a bog standard feature of the game on which it's based and turning it into a but thing But now it's that's like this crazy. character's special yeah. ability yeah. is yeah. Blizzard RTS controls. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's all the way through the game. One of the times, like... There's a mode, there's like different pick modes. There's all pick where you can pick any lord you want. There's yeah. single draft where you get three guys. And there's random where there's just 20 and everybody takes turns picking from a pool of 20 lords. There's also a thing called captain's mode, which is cool, where you get like, it's like basically picking a jury where you say, okay. What? Like you, you cry. <laughs> yeah, somebody's the captain on your team. I'm racist against gnomes. Like what? <laughs> Seriously though, because people are like, we don't play against Lycanthrope. That guy's cheap. We're not, so you can, you have like three strikes. Oh, so you can throw out. Yeah. Your, that's hilarious. It's a really good mode. And especially yeah. when you're on TeamSpeak, especially when you're on Mumble or TeamSpeak server, it's an awesome thing to be you hear both just going debating, to, to you know, go. it's like no, right. no, no, we don't want to play against that guy. No, 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 see no, me no. in chambers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really good. Uh, Captain's mode's awesome, but uh, single draft is something I started playing once I had a competency of just the controls of the game, just because I would only play Lich. I think my record with Lich is like fifteen and twenty, and I haven't really played. I think I've played maybe twice as many games in total. So what that that's. 
25, 15 and 20 is 35. I've maybe played 70 matches total. So half of them were Lich. So I just couldn't get away from him. So I'd play single draft where it'd give me three guys right. and I just had to pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that early on and I picked Lycanthrope. And he at level, he, one of his, the first skill you can, at level one, you can get a skill where he just throws out a couple wolves. So now you have Lyke and two wolves. And you can say, I'm going to control one wolf over here, one wolf over here, both of them as a pack, all three of us together, like over here. So you, and I instantly, without even looking it up or thinking about it, but having played so much Warcraft 3, key bound them all to one, two, and three. And I'm like, oh, that just works. <laughs> oh, that works. Oh, sick. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 I was really, it just, it's really interesting. Looking backwards at it, I said, oh, I, I didn't even, stuff like that yeah. in general makes me really happy in games, even when it doesn't, even when it isn't the result of something. But just where like someone that. has found and with the intuitive control and yeah. just covertly supports like, it. Yeah. Like in Deus Ex 3, I mean, you know, this is other Deus Ex games, as I recall, this as well, so it's not that surprising. But, like, when you when you hack something and you already have the code for it, like, just being able to type in the code on the numpad on your, on your keyboard mm-hmm. is, like, one of the most satisfying things. Because most games don't actually do that. Like most games, they treat it as an inventory item that's just sort of materially divorced from the number, basically. Or? Yeah, or they make you use the mouse to point and click on right. the things because oh, the console okay. version you need to like yep. drag the cursor around and right. click on each thing. So, but so Deus Ex Three just silently succeeding effectively. Yeah, like, and yeah. you can still input it the other ways, but you can also just if your right hand instinctively just goes over to the key, keypad, it will accept that. And like oh, that's so good. That is such a like just a mechanically. Like a, ta- it's a, it's something that's exciting on a tactile level, which is something that PC games often don't do. That's something that console games often do better than PC games is that like direct tactile uh, sensation. Well, and it's also somebody took the effort to to wire up the keyboard. Yeah, like, just to the bother. Key I'm sure it wasn't something hard. Not, like it's it, not like it's difficult. Yeah, you'd I'm, be surprised. I mean, it's one of those things where like if you don't have a for- if you don't have foresight that you're going to want across keyboard keybinds yeah. in your game it's not it's just you don't get it it's not it's, for it, yeah you know? i'm not okay it's not yeah it's not um it, it, insignificant obviously but if if you've made the philosophical decision that like you want to make a game for the platform oh, it's, that's what, it's that, a low that's the exact it's point a low making. investment for i think a pretty high return. right but it's a thing that people still even sometimes forget about oh all, right? all the time like, it's all the, the time it's they the forget stupidest about it. that's detail why it's in the world but like yeah. in there were telltale games don't have that many things you can do but we operated, especially for a long time, in a genre that had a really long history. So for, like, the Monkey Island games and the Wallace and Gromit games, which were direct control keyboard-based things, we, like, I went back and I was like, okay, in Grim Fandango, what opens the inventory? In Full Throttle, what opens the inventory? Mm-hmm. In Curse of Monkey Island, what opens the inventory? And all these games, then we were just like, okay, make sure that any of those keys on the keyboard <laughs> will do that. And That's then, great. like, yeah. watching some people will press tab, some people press I, some people will press, like, and I was like, okay, good. Yeah. Hooray. But just, great. like, yeah. making it so that whatever a person happens to think to do hope to god that it works especially if you have mm-hmm. the keys to spare there's no reason not to just hook that stuff up especially on a pc where you have yeah. so many keys yeah yeah that's awesome so now we're going to release the telltale uh cardboard keyboard overlay except that every key <laughs> will just say open inventory, inventory. <laughs> different things on it open inventory open inventory open inventory open inventory you just you just any key that isn't bound or, <laughs> open open, any any signal sent through like the keyboard. well one of them will tell uh your battalion to attack the command ship <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird choice yeah yeah, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to playing more Dota with you guys. Yeah, it'd be really fun. You have a good group. You should. It's a reminder. Play. You should go to the Idle Thumbs. Oh, actually, on the homepage of the Idle Thumbs website, we now link to the Lord's oh, yeah. Management Consortium. Yeah. 
Our so. web, our, you've probably seen it because we probably mentioned it last week, but we have a yep. inter inter what is this? an interim an interim website. Yes. Uh, maybe we should take a break for a sec. Sure, yeah. let's do that. Let's get some breaks. Me. I say breaks now before breaks. It's a new thing. Video game. Oh, did you guys see that Wikipedia link that Steve retweeted? No. Oh man, <laughs> Steve Steve uh, posted a retweet. That someone who just linked to the Inspector Gadget page on Wikipedia <laughs> with the quote, Inspector Gadget is a famous cyborg policeman. <laughs> oh, that's all. Yes. Uh, he's, Inspector Gadget is a famous cyborg policeman with a seemingly endless amount of gadgets he can summon by saying, go, go, gadget, then the gadget's name. <laughs> the gadget is actually part of the name, as hinted in some episodes. What? What? The word gadget? What? Anyway. But yeah, I love, Inspector Gadget is a famous cyborg policeman. So that's important information for everyone to learn. <laughs> I like that it doesn't articulate that he's not a real person. Yep. That he's, <laughs> well, an he's animated. A famous, he's a famous cyborg right. policeman. Yeah, that's, this is under the background character information. Mm. Yes. During the 2020, two, wait, 2022, oh, never mind. Jokes. You just not know the year? The 2222? Like, like, what yeah, you like 2251, great cop crackdown on cyborg policemen. Yeah. Yeah. He only he only escaped uh, scrutiny and you know removal out of just gross incompetence. They didn't think he was. <laughs> he was basically like, like oh, he's entire, probably a regular the guy. The entire force is after him, but he was just Mister Magooing his way. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how Inspector Gadget lived to be the the lone the, the, yeah, the, 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 the last cyborg, cyborg police. policeman. <laughs> <laughs> there are no cyborg police women. Yeah. The future ended up going in a weird direction. It kind of cyborgs didn't really and progress more in all the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Shouldn't he be a cyborg police officer? Yeah. Oh, you think that that in twenty two fifty one that they're going to be more politically correct? Well, it's the correct term now is police officer. That Wikipedia page has some. some I mean, he's a man. I guess he is a man. But right. come on, I mean, he's you know, police officer is a police officer, regardless. Cyborg cop sex video it was the laugh of somebody who's very pleased they yeah. just did something just, horrible. Yeah, you had a mouthful of water like and then, a banana then, republic. Uh, like what? I didn't say anything. Shopping at Banana Republic? Subjugated an actual Banana Republic. Oh, like as in a real yeah, place. Like if you were at a cocktail Isn't party. It weird, by the way, that a fucking upscale clothing chain is named after like the derogatory term for, for like yeah. corrupt third world country? It is like, strange. That's pre- kind of fucked up, I think. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's like when things get in, something gets into common parlance, and then yeah, and then it's like, do you know what that actually means? It's like, oh, you know the wor- you know the worst example of this, and I'm going to put this on the podcast as a PSA. Is the fucking drink called the Irish Car Bomb? Oh yeah, that's it's the most so insulting. Like, My mom is like, she'll be livid, yeah. livid if she hears about it. She's like, when I was 15, Nelson's pillar blew up. And I was down the block, so fuck you. <laughs> like yeah. she hates it. Yeah, yeah it's fucked yeah, yeah. up. That's like calling a that's like calling a drink the 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 Twin Towers explosion. Yeah, yeah. like or that's like, what it like is. The Palestinian package or something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. One United ninety three. Like basically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. I don't understand. But that one, like the Irish car bomb one, is like completely accepted. Yep. Yeah. I, I you know I think that I mean I don't think the the. Violence in Ireland, especially through the 50s and 60s and 70s, 
for our gener like our generation, people like thirty five and younger, really resonates because by the time we were in high, like like the Clinton administration, sort of like really, really like yeah, yeah, yeah. put a nice bow on that entire conflict, and it hasn't been yeah. much of anything since. And uh, we don't we don't need to talk about this on a podcast why that's the case, but I actually do think about that sometimes. Yeah, it's I mean yeah. you're right, but people should not only be sensitive about the things that have directly affected their own lives. Like, oh, of course not. You know, no, no, no. I'm just I'm just trying to have some perspective. Think about what logically that, why people maybe no, no, no. Yeah, oh, God, when my mom and I okay, my, so I was in Dublin with my mom like three years ago now, I guess two years ago, three years ago, I guess, and we were in a bar. Uh, we were there for my grandmother's funeral, and it was like two nights before the funeral. It was like the night. After the funeral, we were just bummed out. So we went, like, let's go get loaded. <laughs> so we went to this, like, little bar that my mom used to go to when she was, when she was a teenager. And your, um, your mom is Irish, it's worth Yeah, yeah. My saying. mom is from Dublin. I was actually born in Cork, and I moved here when I was little. But uh, so we go down to this bar, and we sit down and uh, on, like, a bench, and there's a package. Like, a, just like a – it's kind of like kind of like your, like, messenger bag, but more tattered, sitting there. And there's a guy sitting – so like probably two we're there's like it's a we're four feet from him and it's equidistant between the two of us mm -hmm. where are you where are you where is this we're at a bar okay and and i like I, I go up and get two beers i come down i put one next to my mom sit down next to my mom and she looks over and she sees, sees this like bag and she just sort of like pushes it like like uh, like gonna get this like four more inches away from me right and the guy sees her do it and he's like don't fucking push that at me and pushes it over to her. She's like, that could be a bomb. And he's like, it's four inches. And they like, they have this weird push back and forth. And then we ended up drinking with him until three in the morning. <laughs> but like, they still joke about that stuff in a very, like, like an unattended, like an unattended package in a bar. My mom was just like, she doesn't like to have her back to doors, yeah. especially in restaurants or bars or anything like that. She just like wants to know how to get out. Yeah. And I always thought that was an annoying thing that my mom did when I was 14. You know, but now with I'm an adult and smart and have empathy <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, like, of course. Yeah. You know, when you're in a bar and then a car bomb goes off two blocks away and everybody just goes home crying, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's like when you do and then you grow up that way. How do you ever go into a place and just not get a tinge of that feeling? I guess if there's yeah, a lot of people. No, absolutely. Around, you know? Yeah. So don't order Irish car bombs. Yeah. Bullshit. Video games. Did we ever talk about Driver San Francisco? I guess not. I don't think we did. <laughs> we did. Well, we you had played it when you had you actually played before it? you went to Boston. You had played like a demo me of it. We had yeah, we oh talked, yeah, like years ago. We talked yeah, about yeah, it on yeah, rolling yeah, on yeah. rolling with the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic episode. Yeah, but no, I mean, well, then I played it before we before I came back to San Francisco when it was actually out. And you Did played it. Did it make it. you nostalgic for San Francisco? Well, that's why I played it. It was so funny. When I was in Boston, I would like, I would, I clearly knew I was coming back here. That's like, it was obviously. At one point in your life. Yeah. It was obviously something that I eventually realized, okay, it's time to go back to San Francisco because I realized at, like over the course of several months, I had made my Twitter background, the skyline of San Francisco. I had made my phone the like the the Bay Bridge, like I it was it like I started realizing all of these like Sanford like you became a big homer. That's I was following did. the Castro Theater on Twitter. I'm like, what am I like? <laughs> what am I doing? Like, why am I not You'd there? Only eat why sourdough? am I not in that place? <laughs> like, it was it was really funny. I like I started. It wasn't deliberate until I suddenly realized I had this like, and also I would like 
uh, I watched that shitty show Trauma, which came oh, out when I was – it's horrible. But it came out when I was in Boston and I watched all, all the fucking episodes because it's set in San Francisco. Oof. It's it's it's, like, just it's watched a shitty like emergency response <laughs> uh-huh. drama. You know, like it's fictional. It's right. totally, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like really trashy. Like it's not, right. not a good show. Uh, but I watched every episode of it because it was actually shot. It was not just set in San Francisco. It was actually shot in San Francisco, oh, cool. which is fairly unusual. It, a weekly screening. I started Zodiac watching and then Bullet and then yeah. yeah. I started watching Monk, which I didn't, which I thought was kind of lame. But I watched like. 10 episodes of it because I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, wait, I'm just waiting for the next I'm just waiting for the next show oh yeah please I, I go just, there come on we know you watched what are you thinking of something in particular yeah what you downloaded like 15 seasons of full house oh no I didn't, I didn't oh no. man yeah I didn't even that didn't even occur to me what move back to Boston watch all full house <laughs> yeah back to Boston yeah but, but one, of, one of the other things I did was play driver San Francisco did it make Which you feel I was like kind watching of interested in because we had talked about it before and it was so bonkers, obviously, in every respect, but also because it was in San Francisco. The game is bonkers. Yeah. The thing about Driver San Francisco, though, Sean and I we were playing it and our number one takeaway from it was this is the least evocative of San Francisco <laughs> of anything it was in the me- world. Because like when you sit like, down, especially <laughs> when you live in the city and you like... I drive Even here like all the time. Taxi I drive here. is yeah. more evocative of San Francisco <laughs> than is. Driver San Francisco. It is a yeah. giant cartoon like Taco Bell in <laughs> Crazy Taxi. Yeah, Crazy Taxi at least a, like gets the geography feeling. In a, like a weird. weird, yeah. Anyway, jumping off a, of a downhill. Yeah, it just it too flat, too compact, too orange. The streets are really wide. It's, the streets really are weird. way too wide. I mean, did you feel like the game was? It had to mortgage its San Francisco-ness to be a decent driving game? Um, well, yes. I mean, I think that's inevitable. That's Because yeah. you can't – you couldn't make really skinny streets in a game like that. It wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's funny to hear you guys say that because you're right, obviously. But I didn't even feel that very strongly because it was just like – You got in your taste? It's like when <laughs> – it's like, you know, when you, you get the fucking – someone gives you like the butt of the cigarette you find on the fucking not someone gives you you find the butt of the cigarette yeah. on the ground it's like oh god oh god like that's like that's kind of what it's so you're, like you're getting the san francisco like dregs like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's san francisco oh, in the name the guy that's the who's Bay pulling the like, like the yesterday's coffee grounds out exactly of the, out right of the out of the thing, filter like, and like again. yeah 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 um, Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty Ugh, gross. Yeah. yeah. God, you said a f- the most hilarious thing that I – you never explained it to me what the hell you meant by this. You said Driver San Francisco feels to me like a driving game set in the universe of Silent Scope. It does. I, what does that mean? Just What is the of... universe of Silent Scope? It, oh, it's amazing. Don't you know Silent Scope, sort of like, right? And you know what? Wasn't like, that just a light gun game? Yeah. Yeah. But it uh, – and you know, Crazy Taxi is sort of – is on the, the, the edge of this family. It's amazing that like there's a there's a generation of arcade games that I don't know how to I could write a paper on this and I, maybe I will because I think about <laughs> yeah. it a lot that are almost like like a time crisis is in there that have this it's aesthetic weird, like, crispness it's a crispness mm, that yeah, is yeah, almost yeah. aesthetically devoid and in its devoidness it has aesthetic I feel like that is actually Driver San Francisco isn't this, but I think it it ends up feeling like it. Right. I think that is partially when Japanese developers make this like kind of stylized Hollywood thing that exactly. they try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
Which is crazy because this was made like Ubisoft Montreal made it. Was it Montreal or was it actually a French game? I don't know. I I'm mean, gonna, I don't look it up. I'm almost I bet, positive it was probably. I bet you it was Montreal because where else would it have been done? Uh, one of their French studios. But it wasn't Montpellier. Montpellier. Maybe it was. No, because they All did right, like well, From Dust and some Rayman stuff. Right, well, and, uh, whatever. Anyway, so, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah, a bunch of I think a bunch of Quebec people made it. <laughs> no, it was Reflections. Oh, because they were actually they're the driver studio. They make all the driver. Oh, we're, games. and they're in England, aren't they? I think they are actually. Yes, yeah. I think they are English. They're so like, that still kind of applies. Like they're on a different continent. <laughs> doesn't really, that's doesn't true. Really apply. That's true. Doesn't really apply. North England, but Japan. Yeah, driver <laughs> Driver San Francisco felt like it had that aesthetic, which was really weird. Where everything it's very crisp, very bright, but like also really sort of flat it's really a weird it's really i don't know how to describe it because but yeah it does feel like you're in the car but then really if the game just hopped over and you were a guy like sort of badly crouch walking with a bunch of guys popping out from stuff and you're light gunning them it, it would have yeah you're like oh yeah, that's it, the, it, it modally it's, snapped into time crisis i would have been yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's funny because i never thought of this this way i just thought of it as kind of just lame dialogue, but there's lines in that game that sound like they're basically from Resident Evil or something, yeah. something like that. Like I, there's there's a moment where you figure out you can do the crazy thing where you like jump out of your own brain and like into or jump out of your body into someone else's brain. Whoa, what's and, happening? Here? Exactly. Yeah, well, no, his line. Okay, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's even it. more than that. Yeah. It's with this new thing I can do. I've got the keys to the city. Like <laughs> that's just that a line. Resident Evil line. That's yeah. like you're yeah. now the master of unlocking. Also, keys are involved in that. <laughs> like yeah. it's just yeah, right. Like it's <laughs> it really is that weird level of like. Tra- it's like you they translated it to another language and then back to English mm-hmm. or something like. But well, obviously, it's not the case. It's funny because the early Resident Evil games sort of are a- again on the edge of that of this sort of crisp arcadey japanese yeah. aesthetic yeah, yeah. but they have they have clearly horror film style influence yeah and i would i would argue that like other than in like character face models which still have been holding on to that like tooth and like just by their fingertips mm-hmm. yeah um four and five have stylistically differentiated themselves from this aesthetic that we're discussing right now. Oh yeah. Although the dialogue I think hangs on to that. Oh, of course. Like, for sure. yeah, 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 yeah. The characters faces and things which come out of those faces are pretty, yeah. uh, are pretty traditional. Still like yeah. for, lodged yeah. firmly. In and it's also, there's something about the like the lighting eight. models that tend to be used by Japanese yeah. developers that give them that very, like not flat, but like, yeah, crisp is the right way to put it. Right. Like the, the things look very, uh, sterile kind mm. of. Did you ever play skate? Skate? The skate series? Yeah, yeah, I did. That game was great. I love those games yeah. a lot. And I just wanted Driver San Francisco to look and feel like Skate. Mm. Well, you know what's funny? The soundtrack was badass. And that soundtrack should have accompanied a game that that was that that had that like solidity to it. Right. You know, like I mean it was an amazing, awesome Motown soundtrack, but it was also just set in like two thousand nine or whatever. Like what yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And Why also, wasn't that so game a crazy seventies game? And I wonder that if was, this is because oh sorry, I didn't mean to no, off. Well I guess you want it to just be driver streets of San Francisco basically? Why wasn't well, it? Well no, just like, like yeah. bullet. Like they, they I mean the game yeah, is like inspired bullet, exactly. by bullet, like, right? So Right. So why not set it in that era? Like it's video games. It's maybe not they like wanted it, cool new cars. I guess they do, and I guess you license I also I bet it's because they're licensed cars in it. That and also they're just stupidly locked into their meaningless like saga of Tanner. <laughs> like the guy's <laughs> name is Tanner, I think. And I it's also like, just don't think that guy ever needs a name. Like I don't know. 
Uh, well, there's, this there's whole, so many there's choices in that game that boggle like, my mind. Yeah, it's boggle my point. mind. Oh, um, actually, one thing I want to say, we can get back to this later because I don't want to uh-huh. derail the driver discussion permanently for this. But speaking of that, like Japanese aesthetic that you bring up, you're so like you're so spot on about that. And I did you play Dark Souls? No, 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 no. But I, I really no, no, I didn't play it. Okay, so the the like D asterisk Soul uh-huh. games are like those are. They're so fucking brilliant on so many god. I, okay, I say they. I haven't actually played Dark Souls yet. I'm waiting for the PC right. version. But the but Demon Souls was amazing. Like yeah. I played that a lot. And uh, Steve was really into that game, right? I think or, Steve. I forget. Steve at one point somebody liked it, sold at one me point hard on that like game, it. and I still really like. I like the idea of that game. Maybe he started out not liking it and then liked it, or was it the other way right. around? I don't remember. I can't. I shouldn't speak for Steve. But anyway, uh, so I think those games are, are. I think at least the one I've played is brilliant, and I've heard the other is as well. And. Uh, Part of it is because I feel like it's one of the only – it's one of a, a rare example of recent Japanese games that have used that aesthetic to amazing end. Instead of just using it because it's what the studio is accustomed to doing, it really feels like the game itself, the world is that. It's the stark world where things are are – the everything that you do – I mean people have said this a million times about these games. It's really – it's not – I'm not the – someone making this observation newly, but like it is one of those games where it's so precise. And like when you die, it's because, yep, you fucked it up. Like it's, it's really hard, but it's only hard because it's unforgiving, not because it's unfair. Right. Uh, most of the time anyway. And there's something about the overall world that is so muted. It is so not about spectacle, even though, even though there are crazy things that happen, it is so much not about wowing you through extraneous means. It is entirely about just putting you in this world, putting you in this system with complete integrity and there's, I feel like that aesthetic actually maps to that really well because it isn't trying to be right. the crazy stylized Hollywood thing and mm-hmm. and failing. Like right. it is, it really feels completely correct. And it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's like I, I'm kind of in awe, and I, I don't know just to see that aesthetic. That I, it makes me, it just flips me sideways every time I engage. Yeah, it. Oh, I but feel so, I feel so distant from. Yeah, this. but it, yeah. they're not modeling the same thing. Like the, it, it right. fe- it's got that. Like that rendering style, but they're not modeling the same. They're not modeling helicopters and right. shit like in all those games. You know what I mean? Like it's the souls of demons are being modeled, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just interesting. And fantasy yeah. games don't usually look like that. Fantasy games usually either look just totally dark as shit, or they look really lush. And right. and and Demon Souls and Dark Souls are neither of those. Uh-huh. It's it's muted. It's like a lot of that shit looks like what the you imagine the actual medieval world looked like, right. which was just which was just muted. You know, like right. things just tamped down. Right. You know, just kind of humanity being repressed you know not not even necessarily by like a despot or whatever even though that's possible but just by the era in which they're living and just by the the atmosphere that exists and like that's how demon souls feels to me i think it's incredible i think it's a japanese game it's funny like it's a deep it's like a distant pull but final fantasy 7 has a very muted feel all the way through it and Mm -hmm. it starts in this factory you go out into a you know when you're in the fields and things like that that's very different but i feel like the towns are all Mm -hmm very muted and yeah. then like this is a japanese aesthetic where it is muted in his but i mean that is so japanese that game so it's kind of like a bad example to connect back to this aesthetic that we're talking about but well, that's not, i do feel like make it to a bad example i do feel like like square rpgs at like in the year like 2001 or 2000 whenever 99 whenever final fantasy 10 came out it was just lush 
colors. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Explosion mm-hmm. and they well, it's never when they, came yeah, back. As they basically got to the point where they could start to sort of approximate like, what their cutscenes looked yeah. like. Yeah. You put a plant yeah. in this world that yeah. isn't. But like even the cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII weren't incredibly like vibrant in color. They were. I thought they That's were. True. I thought those. Although I, in Final Fantasy VIII, they were, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, they were. But even then, if you look, it's. One more step. There was a little less blue in Final Fantasy VIII than there was in Nine, and then yeah. by Ten, it was all colors of the rainbow. Yeah, you know, that's and true. Uh, yeah. I always thought the color in Final Fantasy VII for a PlayStation One game was always like really nice. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, yeah I always liked the color in that game. Yeah, but anyway, driver. driver. <laughs> so you probably mechanically liked it more than Sean did. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of it mechanically. I didn't like jumping around through cars. That was really. I was into it, but it felt weird. It felt like another – it felt like an extension of the just kind of lack of identity of the of the aesthetic because right. it's just like, yeah, whatever. Jump around. It, like, boo, boo. I think like, – just sorry to back no. up half a second to talk about the aesthetic of Driver. Comparing it to Japanese games is fair, but also just Driver San Francisco has the aesthetic of an arcade game. Yeah. It totally like, does. Absolutely. But the, the jumping around mechanic and the weird cinematics that come in are very much not that. They're very much right. the mechanics mm-hmm. of a, uh, the mechanics and sort of storytelling of a, of a home console game. Yeah. And that is a weird – it is a weird two things to mash up. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's a good point. And I'm, I'm not saying – I don't know what that means necessarily, but it, it was funky to be like <laughs> you're in – you're playing a game that looks and handles like you should be playing it with a wheel and with a pedal. And then all of a sudden, like, a weird normal map dude is like, hey, I'm your partner now. <laughs> what the hell? What? No. I just put a quarter in you and I'm driving you yeah, around. Right. And, then say, you, and then you yeah. fly up to the crazy real-time world map. I'm like, what the yeah, Oh, right. it's, it's, it is – it makes me wish, yeah, that they'd either tighten that up uh, into something very specific that felt more like the theme or just gone – F this, like, uh, yeah. go weird, like, grasshopper mm-hmm. manufacturer with it or whatever, or <laughs> right. clover, and just yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, this game, we're just gonna, there's six games inside of this game. Enjoy all of them now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and there's, and, you know, this is quite possibly the most pervasive trope in all of Idle Thumbs, but Driver San Francisco is just one more fucking notch on the, like, just one more tick on the wall of games that systemically reveal your character to be the most incredible asshole who has ever <laughs> lived in the history of, of the universe that is contained in his game. Like the yeah. nobody in the his like one thing we didn't mention about Max Payne last week that I on this topic that I want to mention that I didn't is there's a moment in Max Payne three where you like you can turn on TVs when they are in rooms and most of the time they're like goofy things like they were in Max Payne 1 and 2 but you know sometimes they're newscasts about you and like or about just things in the game like they're all about you usually about drug well usually about stuff that's related to what you're doing right. but not you yourself but then at one point one is about like a like a former bodyguard was being pursued in relation to this crazy thing that happened and Max Payne's like ugh all the shit going on and this is what the news is about. Like implying sensationalist reporters like, you know, ignoring the real story. No, you fucking crazy fuck. You you have killed more humans individually than any other person who has ever lived on the planet. Like you have personally put more bullets in more individual people's brains than anyone who's ever lived ever. Like in the world of Max Payne, there can't possibly – be another person who's ever lived, who's killed more people himself personally, right. not by an order, right. but not Genghis Khan, right? Right. Then Max Payne. If that, per- if Max Payne was a real guy, he would be the subject 
of every single local, local and national and international and global newscast, newspaper, internet site. For fucking a decade. For, for as long as he was alive. Right. Like, he would never stop being... Could you even imagine if this was something that existed in the world? <laughs> if there was a single man who evaded <laughs> capture and imprisonment and trial of any kind. While murdering kill- 700 people or whatever? Yeah, like a day. I mean, <laughs> can you even imagine... And then, it like, be- we're looking back and we've discovered that at two previous times in this man's life, this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that he can even show his face in a, in a, in a, in an urban environment is like, just outrageous. The fact that anybody doesn't immediately know everything about his life and face and location at all times is completely impossible. And the notion that he. Well, he would looked be- different before, so they don't That's recognize true. that. That's true, yeah. yeah. He yeah. kept that one this face weird, on the first time. bearded guy. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. who the hell that is. The first time well, around, you know a crazy man. Until, yeah. Until, yeah. until that version of him kills his first 500 in the first hour. Like, I mean, it's just, there's just <laughs> Max no... Max Payne is back. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, 500 bodies were found in Rio. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's... And, you know, I didn't... And it's... This is what... That's what most video games are. So, like, you know, you don't But Max Payne is like, oh, it's oh this bullshit on had, the news. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not bullshit. fucking balls to act <laughs> as if that is in any way out of the ordinary. Or, like, in any way unfair. Well, maybe in Max Payne's universe, the Earth is actually, like, 30 times... The like it has thirty times the surface area, <laughs> and just humanity is just there's just there's we've just massively overpopulated. Tens of like, it's just the pop, it's just yeah. the size of Saturn. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. like the notion of just going and any, just popping any five hundred people for in human the head, life. Like, is, just, like it's, it's considered a service. We've got so many more to like, spare yeah. on this giant oh, version yeah. of planet Earth yeah. on which Max Payne lives. Oh, that's yeah. a hilarious point. Yeah, yeah. that is a really. Ugh. Well, they, why would they write him being like? Yeah, why? Why do they care about me? Like, yeah, like. Like, <laughs> as he's saying that, yeah. Right, but it's, like, surely, at least if he had done that, if he had said that remark well, mowed, and then like stopped, like perfect dramatic beat, mowed down three guys who were about to run into right. the room, and then that, just, and then flipped off the TV. Well, that would have been the best if it was an, one of those an audio log. This game right. didn't have those, but if it was an audio log that you can pick up and listen to as you're playing the game. Right. So you like pick it up and you get the newsreel playing in your in your head as you are just. Laying waste, right? But then, like, to, as the last uh, shell drops out of the side of your gun, he's like, "What waste?" And turns it <laughs> off. Like, then at least, like, symbolism. At least he would he would know, but he doesn't know. He's that yeah. he's an asshole. Yeah, that was a good line, though. What a waste! <laughs> he just wasted five hundred people. I'm I'm writing Max Payne four. If you guys didn't know, um, I'm actually taking over for that entire studio, which was closed after the game shipped. Yeah, Jesus. Ugh. How fucked. Game that sucks. Yep, hey. So bad. So the the reason I cut to that from Driver is because <laughs> Driver is yeah. just the vehicular version of that guy. Right. Like it's it's fucked up. And you're a police. You're an active police officer in this game. <laughs> you're not even a former one, which is pretty thin. You're not like, even a former police officer. You're an active like, service. Corrupt, murdering he, former police officer. The first thing he says, I, I took notes on this because I w- it was so hilarious to me. Like. Maybe I didn't. I didn't write this down. But like you probably remember, right. when you get this, his whole deal is like, I can help people. I can help the citizens of San Francisco. Right. Like this is my chance to like do do these missions, people, and help out. So and you so, zap into their bodies and fly their cars off bridges and use no, them as okay. weapons. So that's like that's like sort of what you can do. But what the game demands you do, there's a mission that is terrorize driving instructor. Oh, so yeah, you go yeah, yeah. into. 
you go into like you go to this thing and you just ruin this guy's life. And then you get a message that says, complete, colon, driving instructor terrorized. You are a terrorist. The game is acting, asking you to terrorize people. Nick Brecken's ears is perked up and he's like, oh, I could Dr. Spazzo, that, that driving instructor. Like, there is shit. There, there is. Okay. You possess. Okay. I took a, a list of things you do as a police officer trying to help people. You deliberately, at the game's explicit instruction, possess people Simply to get video of stunts, including deliberately causing head-on collisions from people who had no awareness they were taking part in a film stunt. Helping criminals escape the police. Destroying innocent people's driving records and vehicles and lives. You're a corrupt asshole ghost cop. Like, it is, it's, and you I'm going to help people. Like, that's your fucking refrain. It's crazy. It's, it's nuts. You get in a cab, like, you get into a taxi cab, the passenger is like, all right, I need to get to the ferry building. Immediately, it's a strap in, asshole, time to ram some cops. Like, that's, that's everything in this game. <laughs> I don't know, like, what did they think? That, I don't understand. So what do you what, do? What do, you, do, you, do you make the missions more, um, Jesus, like, nicer? Or do you, you make can't. the, or I mean, most do of you them just... Are, or should the the art should the theme of the game just be f- about being horrible? I don't know. I Driver, mean, mischievous ghost. <laughs> I don't even know. I still don't actually even know like what the twist of the game. Like I still don't even know how much of this is actually in a dream and how much of it's real, or if any of it's real or in a dream. Like right. I don't even know. Right. Like I, I suppose the response to this is probably, oh well, it's all in his head. Which fine. That doesn't get away from the fact that he in his conscious conscious he is consciously choosing to do these things. Like while well, telling himself all the good I can do. That's the whole that yeah. is that dissonance. Yeah. And I mean the right. game is just sort of dissonant completely to me. And I have yeah. a really hard time playing games that are that dissonant. Yeah. It's really difficult for me. Like I don't uh, it's it's hard because I want to be able to find the sort of like popcorn entertainment of it mm-hmm. but i can't get beyond it mm-hmm. yeah it's I, and hard the game it's getting increasingly difficult for me the mechanic that. of that game is like it just seems so like 12 year old boy power fantasy what if you could drive every car in the city well it, pow pow well, power what, wheels what is, i think how like, is that different from wanting to be batman though like you were saying before hold on like it doesn't that wasn't on a podcast well, that was on a post podcast <laughs> also but the thing is is it doesn't <laughs> That it, 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 the whole game is just about that, but then they build all this other stuff around it about this guy's story, his mm-hmm. villain, mm-hmm. all these people you're going to help, all these things you're going to do in a way to shroud it from just – like just make it well, what it is. it was is. just Crazy Taxi, but like if it was the equivalent of Crazy Taxi with this mechanic instead of the Crazy Taxi mechanic, yeah, it would be a lot more successful as a game. Right. I think like, just make it that and you're chasing down bad guys. I, mean, I don't know if it would be more commercially successful. I think what it actually it came be, from though is from GTA, right? Obviously, this game is – we want an open world GTA type car game, but we don't want to have a th- any aspect of it that is a third person guy running around on the street. What if you could just go pop up to the map and mm. click on a car? Like that's exactly what, like the right. Like, I mean, that's but that, that's in, not as in the GTA games. You are a car thief. So you know, but uh, I see. I never thought about it that way. It's sure. <laughs> like they wanted the the sort of open world feel all these different car things, but they wanted to keep it inside of the mechanical structure of a driver game. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that to defend the game, but I think that's, that's probably more likely the, where it came from. I've actually never played a driver game before this one, but didn't they introduce walking around in driver three and like, it was a big fiasco. I don't know. Like, wasn't that, remember when driver three came out, Jake in like 2004, 
Like, remember when that like Drift Rear was like right? The, that was the pay, that was the game that uh, rumored slash actually people were paid off to rate well or whatever was that? Yeah, that which game? we don't know if that's. I don't yeah. remember if that's. I but I don't remember yeah. if that was true or not. But like. Well, I remember in 2004, which was the era of take all of your arcade games and then make sure yeah. that they have an open world. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Driver 3 and like SSX3. And I think around then, Burnout probably started doing that sort of stuff. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, I just don't spend, it's like, just don't spend the effort theming your game with character and story if it's not what your game is about. Yeah. That's just kind of how I feel. Yeah. But what's funny is that this surely started as... Not as, let's make a crazy arcade game where you jump out of a car. It started as, we need to revitalize the driver franchise. And so, like, if right. you're starting from that point, your hands are tied. Like, what are you going to do? You've got to make a game about Tanner and the Jericho saga, a thing that how many people in the world could possibly be interested in? Who that? are those guys? Like, oh, they're the guys in the, in the game? <laughs> Tanner is the character. Which one are you? And you're Tanner, I okay. think. Which I, The reason I know that is because oh, it's the douchiest name. Oh, no, 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 because you you're in San Francisco. Setting a full house, the Tanners. <laughs> yes, duh. Of course. How oh, did I okay. not realize? That's how I should have. Yeah, figured yeah. that out. Yeah. What? You seem excited. It's maybe Driver San Francisco is somehow part of the Full House continuity. Oh well, that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it it, it is different to me than Batman in that my fandom of Batman is founded upon a bunch of stories that I think actually are pretty good and are equal parts entertaining and thoughtful and written by people who I like, you know, and have big Q quality to them. So like, it's sort of quality by association. Yeah. And I look at, you know, and when I play Arkham city, or Arkham asylum, I absolutely compare the story, the, the narrative of those games and the dialogue to something like, uh, the dark Knight returns or, uh, any of the, like Darwin cooks, Darwin cook did a book called ego and it pales in comparison and bums me out. But I'm willing to just say, man, sy- systemically, I do feel like Batman. Yeah. So I'll check that box. But I don't, sure. those games, I'm not, I don't rave review those games, you know, but I do have fun playing them. Sure. I would sit in this chair and say, oh my God, you have to play the new Arkham game if those things came together. If the systemic feeling of, be- like, right. they've nailed what it feels like to be Batman. Yeah. So now, could you bring in the stuff I like about Batman that isn't the power fantasy stuff? You know, that well, that's is, tough because you know, what are the mechanics for that? You know what I mean? Like, I think oh, that's, absolutely. that's a that's a thing to be solved that no one has really solved yet. Right. You know, I think you don't have any. I mean, oh, can't do this again. <laughs> it's going to point to another game, uh, the game about like, oh, you have a weakness, <laughs> <laughs> the game, and it stops you from doing things sometimes. Yeah. Like that's all it takes, I think. I don't think it's all it takes. Like Batman, actually, Batman hilariously is sick in Arkham City. Batman gets poisoned with like you get, <laughs> you get knocked out in joke in a really yeah. weird way. But I mean, Joker that's... gives you a blood transfusion, <laughs> yeah, and he gives you his illness, and then but that mechanically doesn't play into the game at all. Right. It's really just it's really I think it's a giant failure on this like theme and mechanic of, of Arkham City. It sucks so bad that you get this crazy blood sickness from Joker, and then you just continue to be a badass, and then in a cutscene. Just as you're about to capture Freeze, you collapse because you don't feel good. Right. I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. I just flew four miles. Yep. Fought 98 guys. Yep. And now I got like I'm 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 too tired. Yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, video uh, games are full of that shit. Yeah, it's really. 
but there are there are sequences of batman where you know you're on like you're being you're on hallucinogens and that stuff comes mm-hmm. right the yeah. theme mechanic just collide and it's yeah. really nice yeah. but i think those games are yeah like like at their heart failures in a lot of the things that we're talking about now about driver but you know like the thing that they set out to do what does it feel like to be batman that that is a success secret yeah. side note i'm undeniably excited to hear that the new batman game is going to be a like vintage comics theme. silver age oh i know me too yeah, God, i don't great. i don't care about honestly i don't really care about batman at all but i just, that is just interesting because it's not the same as like all the yeah, other right. things yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just interesting you know yeah i totally i totally agree you want to talk more about driver san francisco um, I don't know much more there is to say. Really, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird game. I probably enjoyed it a lot more than you did. I definitely played it a lot more than you did. Um, yeah, I just couldn't I, get by the dissonance of the whole. No, thing. I understand, and it's it's tough because I think we, you know, like you were just saying, like you, you know, there's things to you that are dissonant about Batman, and like it's fine because it succeeds other things that you're in particular looking for. Right. And like for me, there are things that made me overlook it. Like in Driver, quite honestly, I mean, this is a really fucking easy. I'm easily snared i suppose but like the soundtrack was so good that just driving around with it playing it seriously just like it was kind of just like listening to good music and then also having a thing to do you know what i mean uh-huh. like it it, it really funny. went a long way for me um and that i'm not saying that because i think that makes the game a quality that doesn't right like but it, it just it explains why it's, if right. i open up steam it's going to say chris remo has played seven and a half hours right of exactly right yeah. precisely and like and chris remo has listened to seven and a half hours of sick motoon hits right while also spinning a car around yeah. ramps and i and I, I don't want to be too much of a dick because if i if i really was having an unpleasant time i wouldn't have been doing right it right like, like, i did there still definitely was a degree to which i did i really did enjoy just fucking goofing or like goofing around mm-hmm. this city like just being having in in the ways that it is like an arcade game having that arcade experience and yeah. you know jake you enumerated some of the ways in which it isn't but like i love arcade racers though that's the thing is i think yeah. a good arcade racer that's devoid of yeah oh, i think they're great we probably yeah. talked about this but the most tragic thing in the history of console-based racer games is that the burnout paradise moon <sighs> dlc never got completed oh god i know the I thing where there was like, oh, you just go out over to this game. place and there's a, a rocket or Such whatever that would game. launch your yeah. car to the moon. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that would have put Burnout Paradise into such a, like, into, ins- out, out, out into of this another world. orbit. Just into a just completely <laughs> different place for me where, like, that game was already. It, the moon? Is that the place we're talking about? <sighs> it just, it, it, it walked that line between being a little bit ridiculous and also just being a racer game. And then when they added the island, it got a little bit more crazy. Then when they were like, fuck it, you're racing cars on the moon. Like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I want from everything. Yep. Oh, oh no, just kidding. We're just going to release our base sphere moon model in one screenshot on the internet to show you what you lost. Yeah. Whoa. Missed that moon. Oh, sorry. I just want to point out one, another thing in Driver. It is a mission. One of the missions is just drive into oncoming traffic for a while. <laughs> that's just that's a mission. That's a mission that you are assigned. Had I not already almost in your brain in the way here, I would think that was funny. Like it's well, that's yeah, that's kind of what's fucked up about yeah. it, right? Is that this is like the cavalier thing to do? Is like just gonna drive into some oncoming traffic for a while. Like I'm a weird ghost man. Who fucking cares if anyone else gets hurt? Like he are, never says don't that. Don't you but, embody like, the person who's still in the car? Like yes. they don't go away, right? 
No, no, no. They they fucking break their neck. Like, oh I mean, right, yeah, the game they, doesn't say that, but that's obviously what's right, happening. Like you're, you're, you leave right before the crash. Like, right, right. right so you, you leave. these people wake up and then go, ah, yeah, yeah. People but, are just having the weirdest, and then yeah, their head yeah, gets ripped off. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mention that part. I, it was kind of Im- implied, I suppose. But if right. people don't know how this game works, yeah, that's what's going on. Is you are straight up setting these people up. To just get fucking wrecked, and then you just ditch. Well, like, the setup just, is you you're leave. in a coma, but your brain goes body jumping. Yeah. You jump into people's bodies while they're driving and you drive pos- their you cars. You possess them. Yeah, and then jump out of still their body, their body. before the wreck. <laughs> There's yeah, still yeah, the one yeah. who, who has to deal with You're a homunculus. The, yeah. Use that they're going to be the ones who are in traction row. for six months. Like, yeah. it's, it's, or dead. Or dead. Yeah. yeah. Video game. Hmm. Yeah. So it's weird how irresponsible video games are. It's super weird. Yeah, that's a sentence that's never been said. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, it's just... <laughs> sure, this is a house subcommittee that's... <laughs> <laughs> They're not talking about it in this way, though, yeah, probably. No, no, no. No. If Max Payne was real, says the yeah, I don't house mean, I don't mean because they... Yeah, I don't mean because, like, they make people turn into an actual killer. I'm just saying, like, the, the stuff they depict is just usually so little thought is goes into that. Like, yep. should we make a game about a guy who just serially puts people into horrific car accidents like i I mean i don't know like i maybe it doesn't matter i don't know but it's like i wonder if anyone's i think we have talked about this before but i remember like i played the burnout games to death for the first couple of them and especially the crash mode because that was just awesome but then that game was i think it was called flat out that came out that was the a pc based game but that was the game where when the cars get in wrecks like an actual body comes out of them oh yeah (laughs) yeah that disturbed the hell out of me. Yeah. I couldn't deal with it. It was on. It was a console game. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Ugh, that game made me bark. I mean, it was maybe also on PC as well, but I remember it on console. Yeah. Once a body comes flying out of a car in a car wreck, it's not as fun anymore. Anyway, reader mail. This is a good one, and I think it's probably now that the cast is back, it's definitely worth addressing. Uh, this particular question from Felipe Bosher, who has his, who has a little podcast, an interview podcast that he does that uh, Steve has been on and it's totally worth checking out. I actually told him he would be on it, Jake. So we should probably do that sometime. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I've committed. Yeah. It's called behind the credits, I think. And Felipe Bosher, Paul Bosher on the forums and on Twitter. Check, uh, check out his podcast. Um, Hey guys, my question is as follows. You often bemoan the current state of the video game in- industry. Chris once said that it is when he's feeling down about the state of games, it's GDC that makes him say, fuck yeah, video games. That's my best Chris. And did though I've that? never... Did I actually say that? I guess I probably did at one point. <laughs> I think you've probably said the words fuck yeah and video and games before. Did I say it in that voice? Close enough. And although I've never been to GDC, I agree with the sentiment. I think it's a far more interesting... I think it's far more interesting to hear about the people who make games and to actually play the games themselves. A lot of the time, I just get frustrated with games being dumb and stop playing for a few months before something cool comes along and pulls me back in, even though I still listen to the interviews and developers and podcasts and the like, like during the downtime between those. So uh, why do you guys play like play slash like video games? If you think they're dumb and the better stories experiences are, are to be found in other media, why do you keep playing? So I think there's actually two questions there. A, why do you actually like video games and if you think they're dumb that better stories or experiences that be found in other media, why do you keep playing? I think we should divorce those two. Well, there's also, I think, sort of a third thing that isn't a question, but is probably still worth addressing, which is the notion of enjoying learning about the people more than playing the game, which is something that seems odd to me a little bit. Um, because, I mean, if you're just only just listening to a bunch of podcasts about people making video games and then reading postmortems or whatever, but then not actually playing games, it just seems odd. That just seems odd to me. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I can't really 
relate too closely to that sentiment. Um, the other thing that makes it hard, we're I also think, for us you know, is we also all work in the video game industry. So yeah. like learning about people who make games is also just knowing, going to work, knowing our friends. Yeah. Like so going, it's yeah. kind of weird in that yeah. way. So, so I'm not sure we, hard... we're probably not the right people to address that. No, but I do think like, you know, uh, there's, I mean, I, th- I think there's definitely a real question in there, which is, you know, we are hard on video games, mm-hmm. yeah, but we have chosen to make them our jobs. Mm-hmm. and build this whole thing around them why <laughs> and also if the you can find better story experiences elsewhere yeah well yeah. those are definitely two very different things exactly yeah 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 and uh well, I mean, jake, you, jake yeah. you had a good response to this the other day just a why video games yeah or oh why why are we hard on video games no, yeah, why, why well, do you still play, like, being hard video on video games? games like, why, right. why are you... Um, I think that we've probably actually talked about this on previous episodes, just sort of when talking about Idle Thumbs in general, or talking about my my outlook, and I think I know you guys probably share this as well, which is, I, just as a medium, video games are really fascinating to me, and they're a thing that I am always really optimistic about, just sort of as, yeah, just as a medium, or as a thing that's that's being created sort of around us as we exist, I think there are things that games offer... There's types of experiences you can get from playing games as just sort of a, a form, as a creative work that you can't get from other things at all. Um, but that in, that general enthusiasm for games doesn't mean that I just blindly love every game. Like, it's, it is, I guess, specifically, a, a specific game will sometimes disappoint me, but that doesn't necessarily hamper my enthusiasm for everything else that exists. Like, I, I, I don't know, I think we're, we're critical on idle thumbs of stuff, but... By and large, we talk about the stuff that that we love, and then uh, talk about things about it that you know aren't. Yeah, that aren't. I don't know how to say exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I also think, and this is something I don't even. This may not even answer the question. This might be a different topic, so you guys can stop me if so. But I think there's also something that, like, a lot of the things we're hard about in video games are. God, it's so common. And we've already, it was like the entire podcast today was the kind of disassociative stuff mm-hmm. of where like theme doesn't meet mechanics or where. Or where even two parts of the theme don't even go together or where the Mm -hmm. mechanics just seem oddly chosen. And it really does seem like it's almost impossible to make a game that is coherent in the same way a lot of other creative works are. It's so hard. There's so many things going on. In like when you're making a game, like the number of different interactive systems that are that are like video games. sabotaging you all the time is crazy. I like that slogan yeah. for video games, though. Video games, there are so many things going on. <laughs> <laughs> Come visit video games. There's so many things paid for by the video games chamber of commerce. <laughs> but when you, when when one is close, I feel like we jump all over. Oh, it gets it. really exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's super really exciting. really thrilling. But what it does mean is that a game that is good in a lot of ways can still be open. To a lot of criticism, it also means say that about books and movies, of, though too. Like, no, well, I mean, you can say that in that about, like, nothing about like, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Yeah, no, but I'm saying it's much e- obviously much easier to find a book or a movie that is totally internally consistent than games. That's just, ob- I mean, that's clear. Like, the, I'd be really that surprised comes if out you could of them not having play. player mechanics to have to contend with. That's my point. That's exactly what I led by saying. I said games have all, yeah, right. No, I think you're. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not really holding out for like the perfect video game where I can look and say this. I'm is not it, either. I'm know? saying someone else why, and I'm saying I think this is why. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying this as like, and therefore video games are worthless. It's almost I'm like saying, the lack of that. Therefore, is, yeah. there's there's almost always things to have critique about. Like right. the, there's, I mean, there, there's. It's rare 
for that not to be the case in a game, even a game that has a lot of good things going for mm-hmm. it. And uh, I think one of the things I'm starting to realize, and this is like a really different position than I had in the past, is I think a lot – some of the ways you get around that is just like stripping shit out. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most – like one of the most um, tonally enjoyable games I played recently was Journey, mm-hmm. uh, which is not like a perfect game obviously. It's But it's but the thing it, – it picked its battles really well, which is that the story it told was just entirely really kind of basic emotions. You know, like there's no – there's, there's not a lot of complexity going on in that game mm-hmm. at all, either on the tonal or mechanical level whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it bites off what it can chew. Yeah. And it chews it pretty well, in my opinion. Like, no, it, I agree with it, that completely. It's a very satisfying arc mm-hmm. that happens over that game. And it's entirely abstro- exploring abstract things. And it's capable of, of doing it because it's not trying to be right. super sophisticated. And it's, it's not trying to tell a concrete story, which I think games are just pretty much bad at, like for the most part. Um, and so actually, yeah, to, to the other part of this question is when better stories can be found in other media, which I, is true, I think. Like I, 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 I think games don't tell direct narrative stories very well. Right. Um, direct is the good word to use there for what it's worth, in my opinion. The indirect narratives of games can be astron- like fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Implied narrative can be, can be wonderful. Um, but like just telling a story about a character who does a bunch of things, whether it's branching or linear or whatever, like they all are usually expressed with the same like moment to moment tools. That stuff is really, it's very rare for that stuff to, to eclipse things in other media, but you can tell those like core raw, just kind of sensory stories really, really well. Mm -hmm. And like when I played journey, I really, that really hit me. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and so there are games that just do what you're saying, like strip it down to what is it exactly about mm-hmm. and just make it all about that thing. And don't mm-hmm. worry about it being a big bombast. Yeah, I mean, team Ico is all about yeah. that. That's what, well, they, I mean, that's it's what funny. Do. I don't know why, but like, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like a nuclear Holocaust movie or book that I've read. that really sort of like transferred to me how insane nuclear weapons are as buttons and codes are communicated and pressed and the most devastating violence our people are is capable of is done in a faraway place and like is there def- a game you're thinking of I'm not your well, defcon does sense. that okay, so okay. well i didn't i assume right? what but i was trying about, to th- I I, what I, my question is i can't think of a movie or a book right that are that put that feel that sort of that empty hollow like like that sort of lucidity well, that, you get right. from because the first of, time a bomb goes off in DEFCON, it made me a smarter person about nuclear weapons. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You right. know what I mean? And cause right. Cause a book probably would do it from the totally opposite angle. Right. The book would tell the human story as opposed to the sort of, um, systemic story, I guess. Right. Like the, the DEFCON teaches you about like sort of crazy nuclear proliferation and like response and like the like snowball effect of like crazy monstrous things you can do on a grand scale. A book would teach you about an experience a human has living through. Right. Not, or like even, or, you know, whatever. Like there's an actually an interesting coincidence. There's an episode of Radiolab that came out recently that was about a guy who was one of the only people, like one of maybe six people, like total, who was present in – Hiroshima and when the first bam went off, right. and in Nagasaki when yeah. the, the next one did, and, uh, and oh god, or is it the other way around? I'm horrible. I can't remember. It's Hiroshima first. But uh, oh, but no, um, maybe I always get it wrong too. Shit. Yeah, 
But, you know, I mean, and that's, that's the kind of thing that I think a game would really struggle with really conveying in a convincing way. Whereas the systemic side of things is one that those other media would in turn really, I think, struggle right, with right. in a convincing way. I thought that it was like to talk about DEF CON just as far as being a singular person. I, it's funny, my, my play experience for that game was I am a person who's receiving orders to do these things. And I absolutely don't want to do them, but I'm going to be going through with it. Like I, I you know, DevCon right, to, to me is still like – anyway, what were you going to say? Well, I'm just going to say, but you didn't have the experience that an actual real person did when he refused – like that Russian guy who actually refused right. the orders to yep. launch the nuclear but weapon. But on the screen, like, you don't have – that's the thing about direct narrative. You're talking about direct narrative. You're talking about he did not directly on the screen experience that because that's not what the game is about. But there is an implied – the game is – aware enough to make it to have that implied narrative throughout it even in just the ambient sound of like you can hear breathing and people and oh sure and sure and sure. i think but and honestly i'm just i mean for me that's enough and that is like a very very small example of why i like games yeah i guess for me defcon and defcon so made I, me think about people on both sides and like last night of, you made a good comment that button which, about like that's all when it, games don't try to be movies where they they get they can stretch their legs a little bit and do right. some of the things right. that are really exciting to us. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny to be hitting that in practice, I guess, because like we're working on The Walking Dead, which is an incredibly cinematic game. But then I'll just like I just watch a lot of TV on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, I'm helping direct episodes of The Walking Dead, and hopefully, just, literally at the same time. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm at home. I, you know, I go home. Somebody and, comes to Jake's desk and he's like, "Yeah, oh, no, no, hey, no, hold no, on. I'm sorry, I'm in third season of Mad Men right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on. It's, it's oh shit, they're starting a new. Oh, sorry, you're gonna have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, this is too, way too intense. It is just, it's always depressing to me to watch. Just in like, I don't know. I've been watching Veronica Mars recently, but like, <laughs> just a directorial choice that they'll make where they'll just have a scene transition and the camera will start in an interesting place and land in another interesting place as characters walk by and talking. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that guy just did that in his sleep. And no one in the games industry would ever put that into their cinematic sequence. And that's just like a CW teenage crime-fighting procedural. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that that's like a very specific stupid example, but just like we we as an industry use try to use all these tools, but we don't actually know what we're doing. No. And I mean, I think and the, if you the look next at like point, though, is like, like I think if we did know we, we would – like I feel like if there was – if suddenly a bunch of of like DPs from yeah, – Yeah, like if uh, in games, like, what's yeah. his nose who does uh, – all of the Coen Brothers stuff. What's that guy's name? Uh, Deacons. Yeah, Roger Deacons, Roger Deacons came and hung out with our choreography team and just was the choreography le- director and choreography lead of an episode of The Walking Dead. It would still have the same. There'd be a false note about it. It would. St- I mean, I think even the perfect version of that of of well, of cinematic tools gets a- away from the point that I think. It- well, is valid, which is when games don't tr- would just turn ninety degrees away or one hundred eighty degrees away from film. I guess I want to do my own. Jake, but Jake is saying yeah. in a situation where you still are using a camera, like right. I right. mean, you're. I mean, I guess all that I, what I was sort of trying to get to is these are things. Well, maybe it's not what I was saying specifically, but it's sort of what I was thinking in the back of my mind, but wasn't articulating. Is a TV show like Veronica Mars can get away with these moments because they're natural to that medium. That's just like, that's how you do that mm-hmm. stuff. And in yeah. games, we're, we're taking this tool set and process and things that it, things that a game does and then pushing as far as we can sort of 
stretching this tether to get as close as we possibly can to that stuff. But we're always you're always bending the medium to your will to do a thing that it wasn't necessarily meant to do. I don't know. Like yeah. I don't mean. I also don't mean to say that in a way that like poops on my own game because I think some of the stuff people are doing in The Walking Dead is really cool and I'm very proud of that game. But like, no, no, I, it, no, I, it, I it is mean, funny though. to just watch like you guys just made that choice in your sleep and it's because your medium is built specifically to do the thing that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, that stuff is like pointing. Or rather teams. those things were discovered over time. Like, yeah, you know, cause I, just, sorry, I don't mean, I don't mean literally it was built to do it, but like at this point that mm-hmm. it's institutional yeah. knowledge. Yeah. 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 Um, whereas you look at like Bioware is such a standout frustration for me in this respect, because all of their cutscenes at this point have just like this g- generic hit, like camera pan from here to here, camera zoom slowly here, camera pan up to down here. It's just like, it's taking all these things that are actually, really well understood potentially very emotionally powerful cinematic tools and just kind of shuffling them and t- yeah. like de- just taking well, all to, of the power out so of much them. goddamn content i know exactly but that yeah. demonstrates why those things are not compatible exactly to, i mean they're compatible in the sense that they get the job done but no more well, than that like that's, right. that's I, no, I, agree. I think a bioware game that uses that stuff like someone if someone really wanted to make that game prohibitively expensive to produce, you could go in and figure out to some degree systemically uh, how to apply mm-hmm. particular camera moves, particular framing choices to and moments. They, I'm not and saying they probably it, do that sparingly to some degree. I'm yeah. sure a lot of that stuff is bespoke. The, the, the stuff that they do is probably hand-placed, though. The, the ones that actually have any meaning or specificity. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, I when was, I say bespoke, I mean like... Yeah, sorry. I, I, handmade, yeah. I was I was trying to say that like if if you could probably come up with some way to systemize some of the language of visual storytelling in your game, but you, it would be an insane, effectively academic undertaking. And I don't right. know what it would yeah, be. Yeah, but yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. We like games, Philippe. Yeah. I don't think we would spend as much time talking about them as we do in a non-air conditioned studio. If we if we had anything other than liking them. And those, I mean, hopes and aspirations and sort of, we still get excited when we see the glimmer of the stuff that we, yeah, hopefully you hear us get as, hopefully you, when you hear us get excited, you know that it's absolutely sincere. Yeah. For, for me, Idle Thumbs has always been about excitement about the possibility of video games and sort of the possibility of both of, of a specific game, but more, more actually of just video games as a thing and yeah, sometimes a game comes out that either you are excited about or that you just are presented with, and it does things that are frustrating. But the medium as a whole, I think just the potential and its uniqueness is completely fascinating and is why we do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Join the Lord's Consortium. I should join It's great. It has sweet cinematics. <laughs> Man. If you were going to play a game, it shouldn't be Dota. And it can be <laughs> if you want to play. If you actually want to play Dota, please play Dota. But don't play it just... No, I, there's play. a couple of things that I really want to check out. And also, hilariously, one of the things that I actually really want to check out, just because I'm curious technically, is Source Filmmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said you are going to check that out. Yeah, that'll, yeah. Be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, hopefully I can look at that and can talk about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. To talk about making content that we just uh, had a fun time discussing. Cool. I'm going to Wyoming now. Oh, have fun bye, doing Sean. That. Go to Wyoming. See you, Sean. Drink some Irish car bombs on the way. Oh, uh, uh, Bye. <laughs> anyway, bye. Video games. Aren't we recording? Yeah, but this is not. This is mic test. The window's open. This isn't legit. You gotta. You got to. You got to. Somebody. Oh, I'm just gonna tell my. It's not gonna be on the podcast. What? Somebody hit a pigeon next to me. 
this like is clearly a good podcast. Three, three cars in front of me zooming yeah. down golf. Yeah. Somebody hit a pigeon. It exploded into a bomb of feathers. Oh my god! Feathers went everywhere. I went, oh shit! Looked back to my left and was about to tear through an intersection. Slammed on my brakes. Ended up in the crosswalk and almost hit a woman whose hand came down on the hood of my car. Holy shit! Fucking terrifying. So now you're amped up, and this is going to be an amazing pod. Now you've got that adrenaline. Yes. Yes. I, actually, I mean, it was so long ago now. It was like half an hour, 45 minutes ago. <laughs> can't even remember her face. Oh, no, I can't. She was angry. <laughs> uh, and actually, the thing that really pisses me off is the guy ca- crossing the street the other way who just mad dog me the whole time. Like, you could have killed her. I know that. I'm a human being. I gave her the, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, there was a pigeon. Like, I was doing, like, an explosion of feathers with You're my hands. miming exploding pigeon. She was like, are you, in, are you just, like, miming what would happen to my, my body? <laughs> <laughs> when, when my head bashed oh, onto the hood no. of your car and then bounced onto the street. Horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> Where she's looking over and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> Blood ever just dripping down my face. <laughs> I reach into my my gulf compartment pull out a spray bottle full of red blood and sprayed into my eyes on the this windshield of the car. This is what the pigeon was like. <laughs> I saw a pigeon die earlier. So but the guy the who's mad-dogging me, here? I'm just like, I wanted to get out and say, hey, man, so, like, a day is going to come where you're going to make a really, like, tragic mistake, but you're going to prevent it, and you're going to feel like a real asshole that it could have happened, but it didn't. And, and on that day, I'm going to come yell at you in your car. Just like you don't need some like like some holier-than-thou douche walking across the street. Yeah, Ugh. no, I know. You, you know already, what I mean? You already feel bad about the thing. It and wasn't just a, like, th- it was a thing you wished I wouldn't have happened. How do they even let you drive? Yeah. Like, I did, no, that's true. I, mean, I just wish just right like, in that moment I could just download a complete personal history of that one guy. <laughs> and be like, oh, well, I cheated on your wife in 1994. What do you know about that? Well, you say that and then just go, oh, mm. <laughs> It just bothers me. I don't know. I feel really bad about it. That lady's going to be... She's home right now. She's probably crying. Her husband's holding her. She's like, no, she's home alone. Her cat. This crazy guy almost hit me, which wasn't really that big a deal. But then he started giving me the weirdest signals. <laughs> oh, I'm really frightened. Like, like my really head... Perturbed. He asked, like my head he asked was my information exploding. for insurance. I couldn't... I didn't... I didn't want to get anywhere near him. <laughs> It sucked. Also, a pigeon got hit earlier. <laughs> that was crazy. I was distracted by that exploding bird, and then I can understand why that guy almost killed me. That bird was fucked up. Anyway, he was going to blow up my face. <laughs> what a day. I, I felt apologetic, and then I felt like I had to like get out. Because like, that guy made me feel like I had to get out of my car and explain myself. It's like, mm-hmm. look, uh, there was a pigeon. It exploded. Yeah. Fucking crazy. There's cars everywhere. Uh, and... I hit the brakes, didn't kill the woman, my brakes worked, my tires worked, everything worked, everybody's alive. So, system works. Lights, cars, <laughs> that's, that's your thing this brains. week. Is this, look, the system works. <laughs> like, okay, did you see that episode of the network where they were talking about the no, uh, do not fly list? Yeah, like Abdul Anyway, that happened, that happened here with that lady. Um, and my anti-lock brakes, which everybody heard, they were loud. Yeah. It was a shitty situation. Yeah. Anyway... Video games. Anyway, mic test complete. This was Max. <laughs> if this was Max Payne Five, I would have hit her, and a gold piece would have come out of her. That was last week. Max Payne or if, Five. Yeah. Or if it was any any modern playing? military game, you would have beat information out of her because yeah. torture always works. With your car. And on this day in eighteen something, Wyoming was created. <laughs> Nobody remembers. It's weird that they remember the day. Yeah. 
July 25th for sure. You're there. Write this down. But was it last year? What year, year is it, sir? <laughs> I've hardly learned to read. My God, I had it. My God. You can probably just look up Wisconsin on the internet. And that would lead me to Wisconsin's history, not Wyoming's. You could probably look up Nebraska. That's where you're from, 1868. right? 1868. You could probably look... Where are you flooding in North Idaho? Where are you? North <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> Chris Remo, California liberal. <laughs> yeah, douche. I'm not good at this podcasting thing anymore. The money's changed me.